0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everybody,
0: to the No Relations NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, happy week five. We're really starting to cook a little bit as we're at the quarter pole. There's a, it's becoming an interesting season, isn't it? Absolutely. And I will say I don't know who's good.
1: <laughs> I mean yeah. you think you'd know more by now, but I don't think I know more by now.
0: Do we know who's bad? I think so.
1: I, I think I can give you ten teams that are bad, and yeah. they may win a game here and there against a you know what we think is a respectable team. But I'm pretty confident that there's you know a handful of teams that are thinking about next year.
0: Right. So if we don't know who's good and we know that there's ten bad teams, I'm always kind of remiss to say that it's it's a good season, but it's an interesting season, right?
1: Yeah, I 100% agree, you know, that because some of those bad teams are upsetting the good teams. You know, your Raiders, my Steelers lost the teams that we thought were bad, you know. I mean, so even the bad teams can have good games and influence the outcome of things. It's not like there's a bunch of blowouts all over the league. So, yeah, I think that's interesting.
0: I think the team that lost last night isn't a bad team. I, you know, they they impress me. They give the Chiefs everything they want. I like what the Chiefs are doing, though. They're 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 winning tough games. They're beating good teams, and they're just they're doing enough to win. And they look pretty clean to me.
1: Yeah, I think they're the most impressive team thus far. You know, and that obviously started opening night when we all thought the Patriots were the class of the league, and they went in there and beat them pretty good. And they have not had an easy road. I mean, that's for sure. And they've been quite impressive. I mean, I, I think their slate of wins or their slate of games, which are all wins, is clearly the most impressive out of
0: anyone's. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, you look at what the Raiders are going through now. I mean, these two teams are 12-4 and last year in the AFC West. The Raiders got to start worrying about, are we going to be able to keep pace, especially with Derek Carr out for a, a weird window of two to six weeks. And... He has a transverse uh, process fracture in his back. Tony Romo and Cam Newton both came back after a week, but we don't know the extent of this. So the fact that the Rays are saying it's a minimum of two weeks, um, I'm going to believe him till otherwise. Time to worry in Oakland, or it's just for the, you know, for the temporary worry?
1: I think it's time to worry seriously about winning the division. You know, the, the, yeah. because Kansas City's pulling out, Denver looks really good. Um, unfortunately, my Chargers are not in the race. I think they're out of it, too. But you look at the AFC, I mean, the wild card spots shouldn't be all that hard. So I'm still not very impressed with the depth in the AFC. I think that the Raiders are still very much in that hunt. And I'm not saying they can't win the division, but that's a real uphill climb at this point, especially if you don't have car for two weeks, a month, who knows.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I just it's we're only four weeks in and just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think a perfect example is when think back to just sixteen days ago and the Oakland Coliseum is thumping and Sean Lynch is dancing on the sidelines and it's just they can't think of anything else but man, we're a Super Bowl contender. Now, sixteen days later, the Raiders and the Jets have the same record, you know, and Derek Carr is hurt. So it's it's really so week to week everything. I I just don't think we can figure out what's gonna happen on Thanksgiving. In the first week of October, you know, anything could happen. Kansas City could have some serious injuries, and they already have some. But you know what I mean? I think this the pendulum swings so quickly. Yeah, you're right.
1: I I mean, I I can't deny that at all. You know, we might start, you know, next week's No Relation podcast, we might be like, boy, the Chiefs are in trouble. (laughs) I mean, that might be the headline a week from now. Who knows? You know, it just, they look really solid. They look like they're able to... Withstand some things, you know. Barry only, already got hurt. um They look like the best team in the league for now, but I don't think we're looking at it like we did the Patriots in the preseason, saying, "Boy, they're clearly the, the you know they're they're clearly the the best team out there." Or I'll take the Patriots, and you can have every other team for Super Bowl. You know, I mean, I don't think we look looking at the Chiefs as that kind of dominant unit, and we weren't right about that back then. All right.
0: Let's talk about those Patriots a little bit. Um, you know, the the narrative going into the season is, is Tom Brady going to fall off the cliff at the age of 40. Well, I think four games into it, we feel pretty good that he's not, you know, eight touchdown passes, no interceptions. He looks like Tom Brady. That arm strength may not be as what it was, but he's still Tom Brady. He's still very effective. Um, Absolutely. So I mean, he's been. Defense?
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't know that Brady played at the same level this past week, but the two weeks before that, I thought he was unbelievably good. And they're throwing deep a lot, and he's effective doing so. Brandon Cooks looks like a hit. That defense is a nightmare, though. Um, a couple things stand out, and this was a case last year, but their their team their their edge pass rush is a problem. You know, they're asking their guys to cover a long time. And that was sort of a problem last year, too. You know, they, you know, they they did not have great edge rushers. But I also think the collective team speed is bad. You know, their linebackers are slow in getting picked on. You slow linebackers, you have a slow defense. You know, that there isn't a position on the field that I'm saying, wow, they're highly athletic in that spot. I think the secondary can get there. But I also think Gilmore, the new addition, hasn't fit in well. There's been a lot of blown coverages. I mean, they're allowing people easy touchdowns, which never, ever, ever was the case for that team. And so, collectively, those problems are all adding up in a big way.
0: Can Bill Belichick fix it this year?
1: Yes. I mean, it it would shock me if we have a Thanksgiving podcast, and I'm still saying boy, this is the worst offense in the league. You know, I mean, I bet they get back to middle of the pack. But, I mean, that's still a lot of stress to put on a 40-year-old quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, that 40-year-old quarterback has led an offense to 129 points in four games. That's 32 points a game. That's fantastic. But the defense is allowing 128 points. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which would
1: be the worst of all time. I mean that's the pace there. Yeah. On.
0: yeah. yeah it, so it's I, I, but so are you it sounds like you're worried about the personnel on the defense.
1: I am, and I understand that Belichick gets an exempt from pretty much all criticism and rightfully so. He's probably the best coach that's ever coached and best team manager he's ever been. But wouldn't Jamie Collins and Akeem Nix and Chandler Jones be useful right about now.
0: Yeah, you think so? But he's see the thing is he's always survived those things. They won the Super Bowl last yeah. year after getting rid of Jones, and you know, so he's not worried about that. No, but it might even that's the, the
1: whole problem. Yeah, because yeah,
0: maybe they this to year is the lesson. roster move. Uh, you know, sorry, maybe this said. year is the lesson. Maybe I mean they they seem to be lacking a great deal of talent. Yeah. Here, Here's another thing. Um, there, Tom Brady's getting hit a lot. The offensive line doesn't seem as yeah. strong either.
1: 100% agree. And I've always kind of thought that the line wasn't loaded with superstars, but the sum was greater than the parts type of deal with them. Um, and that's not hanging true this year. He is getting hit a lot part of it's because they're throwing deep more and there, I do think that no matter what they say, they miss Edelman, you know, that that they don't have that quick hitting long handoff type of offense anymore. And that's tough. You know I mean? That's going to wear down a quarterback to some degree. It's going to be more hits, more, more big arm throws. And that may take
0: its toll after a while. Yeah. Move over to Houston and, and Deshaun Watson. We talked to him about him a lot, and I know you haven't been a big fan. Are you warming up to him? Because it seems like he's doing really well. No doubt. I mean, the last two weeks have been
1: highly impressive performances after an ugly preseason and an ugly first two games. You know that I'm not a big believer, and Therefore, I probably look at him more negatively at this moment than I should because, you know, you have a bias on guys. You watch guys coming into the league and you like them or you don't or you see weaknesses you you, you, know, you think are going to be a problem or not, and uh, he still worries me, but that seems kind of dumb to say. You know, like he's really, really played well for two weeks. He's been highly impressive, but there's some things that concern me, and – first of all, I still think his arm strength is questionable. I don't think it's great. I don't think his accuracy is great. And I don't think just because he's had two good games that all of a sudden he is going to value the football a lot. He turned the ball over a lot in college and early in his very young career. Um, I do think O'Brien is doing a terrific job of scheming around his abilities. You know, you're seeing a lot of read option you're seeing a lot of rpos you're seeing him on the designed movement um he they very condensed formations where the the receivers are really close to the line are really close to the ball and the there's a lot of um i think these past two defenses have been outcoached and overwhelmed and didn't know what they were getting into to many degrees and I thought Tennessee's defense played horribly, and we already know. We just talked about New England, how they're a problem. Um, So I don't want to get too excited yet, but the other thing about him is he's really reliant on Hopkins, which is fine, and Hopkins is drawing an amazing number of pass interference calls too, which is great. I mean, I guess that's sustainable. Um, He's also holding the ball longer than any quarterback in the league, which I think is okay. That's his style. He's a run-around guy. He's clearly a great athlete and very good with the ball in his hands. But that's also not quarterbacking one-on-one. And I don't think he's going to break the machine all of a sudden that you know he doesn't have to play from the pocket or do things that every quarterback's done in history.
0: Right. Do you, I mean, it almost sounds like you're saying it's a, a smoke-and-mirrors thing for right now. Is that fair? Um that might be a little harsh
1: because he is playing well. He's making the throws. And I bet all our Texans fans are like, come on, Matt, you, you got to give this guy some credit. He's playing really well. And yeah, I mean, I will, but I don't think the tape is quite as impressive as a results. And I don't mean to lump him in with RG3 and Kaepernick and those guys, but they had similar success relying on athleticism early in their career. And didn't make the transition to true quarterbacking. And I don't think what he's doing right now is true quarterbacking,
0: but it's working. Does he have potential though to be a true quarterback? Because we've seen like these the guys you mentioned, we've seen temporary success. Does he have and and
1: he has made some very nice throws within structure as well. I mean, I'm not saying he's just running around playing by the seat of his pants like Mahomes did in college. You know what I mean? Like he certainly has been brought along well and is – and he's playing well. I mean, he's helping them win games by – and putting up a lot of points. I mean, there's just no way around those things. Those are absolutely truths. But, I mean, for me to come off my wagon that he's a prospect, I'm – still kind of, I'm still on that wagon and I, maybe I'm just
0: being stubborn. Yeah. Oh, Well, you no, know, I, I just think, you know, what, 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 what's, what takes to be a, a true long lasting quarterback. Maybe if, if you see weaknesses there, that's fair. Cause I, again, we've seen quarterbacks have temporary success. So who knows, you know, that's something to watch, but I think it's fascinating a guy that we talked about last year, who last week, excuse me, who's had the greatest success, has been an MVP. And then you said last week, he doesn't look like an NFL starting quality quarterback. We're talking about Cam Newton. Feel better about what he did last week against New England.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I thought he played really well. I thought he looked like Cam. You know, I mean, he. Was not protecting his body. He was playing with recklessness, and i mean and in his case. I mean that as a compliment. Um, he made strong arm throws. You know, a, a slight hesitation that apparently the Patriots make everyone look great now. <laughs> you know, just said it's right. kind of the same things about Watson, but just the way that Newton looked in a vacuum. If you if you didn't watch the other 21 guys on the field and you just watched Newton. I think you'd look at him and say, oh, he looks like Cam now. And I haven't seen that, you know, for a while. Yeah.
0: Good sign for them. Guy I want to ask, uh, same team, same backfield as Christian McCaffrey. We talked about this when we were doing our draft shows. And, you know, I'm a West Coast guy. I'm a Bay Area guy. I grew up five minutes from Stanford, and I'm a big Stanford fan. But, and I like Christian McCaffrey. Why wouldn't I have? But I, I always said to myself, I don't know if this guy is going to be worth such a high draft pick and at that point, you know, considered about a 25 pick and then they kept going up and up and up and he ended up being the April overall pick. And is he doing enough?
1: I don't know. You know, I, 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 the more I think about it and, and you know, I do a lot of fantasy things too. And he was always a guy that I was saying, boy, he's overvalued in fantasy. And part of that reason is because I do not think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns, which is, is irrelevant for our conversation. But I feel like long-term, the Jonathan Stewart role is never going to go away. You know, that next year they might use a second-round pick on a 230-pound running back. Like, I always think there's going to be a bruiser, and that McCaffrey's always going to be that guy's complement slash their probable slot receiver, you know, and and he's getting a lot of targets, And I think he'll do good things with those targets. But I'm still not sure the whole philosophy of we're going to check down a lot, we're going to have a lot of short, quick passing, is ever going to be Cam's game. You know, because not only does he want to drive the ball down the field and play deep into the down, he's not an accurate short passer. So is McCaffrey a bad fit for Cam Newton's
0: offense?
1: See, I wonder what they're saying behind closed doors right now. Like, obviously, you know, the offseason they...
0: is no longer there. True. That's
1: a good point. That's a real good point. You know, because I think the off season. yeah, yeah, that uh, didn't dawn on me until just now. Um, but I think behind closed doors all summer they said, we got to – Cam's taking too many hits. We got to get the ball out of his hands. We got to restructure how we play offense. <laughs> You know, we need a quick hitting passing attack. You know, Cam's never going to last. Then you get into the season and the coaches take over, and I wonder if they're just saying, let's let Cam be Cam. (laughs) You know, I mean, instead of sticking the square peg into a round hole, he's going to take hits. If If we try to keep this guy in bubble wrap, we're doing a major disservice to our team week to week trying to win games. And maybe he doesn't have the longest career because of it, but so be it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I just. Christian McCaffrey looked like me, like Reggie Bush, and yeah, I, I that people. Too. Try, and, and people try to talk themselves into saying, "No, he can be a a bell cow guy too." And I'm like, "Well, how? He's too small. He's a he's an explosive guy." And Reggie Bush was not worth the. What was he? The number two pick. He wasn't worth it. He had a decent career, but he wasn't worth it. And I don't know if McCaffrey is early in 24 games, and I don't want to be unfair to him. And he has had one good receiving game, but I don't know. I mean, look at his rushing numbers. He's, he's complimentary. He's, Darren Sproles did not get picked number eight. And I don't know if this kid is going to ever live up to that.
1: Yeah. And I think you're always happy. He's on the team. You know, they'll sell a lot of McCaffrey jerseys and, you know, he'll have some sports center moments and he's a good player, but again, Reggie Bush was unbelievable at USC, but not in the NFL. You know, like, it's easier said than done to say, that guy is going to be the foundation of our offense. And maybe he never will be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even think of time side. I think it was clear that Dalvin Cook was a more valuable player because he's more traditional yards-eating running back. And I guess that's agreed. an okay transition. What a what a bummer for the Vikings and they've they've dealt with some things, haven't they? The Vikings.
1: Man, I feel bad. I mean, that's a, it's a tough situation and a team I was really high on. And I really think even though we've only seen this guy play, what, you know, 14 quarters of football into the NFL level that I'm sure, I mean, I'm certain that the drop off from cook to Murray slash McKinnon is a big one. And It puts a lot of stress on Bradford, who should be coming back, and I still think they're a good, really good defense, and I think their passing game will be good, but I don't think the running game is going to be close to where it's been. Yeah,
0: so it's just too bad. I mean, it goes back to, you know, I mean, obviously the play – I I don't know if you heard Richard Sermon's rant the other day about people getting mad at players for being hurt because it screws up their fantasy – you know, league and Sherman's like you don't realize this, this screws up this guy's life for the next year. You know, it's gonna put a lot of stress on the family and a brutal rehab, and that is I I I'm totally aware of that, and it, it, it's sad for everybody as well because we don't get to see these great players play. And Dalvin Cook, I mean, he looked like he was just a, a a special player, and then he only gets three and a half games.
1: Yeah, and. That certainly is a bummer, and, and maybe they could get on the phone with Cleveland and see if he can get Crowell, or, or you know, try to get Adrian Peterson back, or I, I don't know. But maybe you could get somebody else in there. Um, and you know, in the positive side, Cooks a young guy. I, I don't think there's any reason to doubt that he'll be the same guy for 2018. But it stinks for now.
0: Yeah. Want to go to talk about Watson. I want to go back to the rookie quarterbacks a little bit. The right move in Chicago going to to, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I guess. And Glennon's been bad. But I thought Romo had some
1: really, you know, really good thoughts on this subject whenever he was doing the Bears game. What was that? Thursday night. Because I think ideally, I think he's awesome. Yeah, I think he's great. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think ideally the way they need to play offense is Shanahan esque, you know with a outside zone foundation a quarterback that can move play action roll rollouts and that makes me scratch my head and say why would you ever sign Glenn in the first place because he's a stiff you know I mean he's a pure Bledsoe drop back throw it seven step drop guy and that's not how they are designing their offense so I'm fine with them spending money on a stopgap quarterback or a guy that has some upside as a youth, you know, player. But I just don't think that fit made any sense. And by all accounts, people think Trubisky is ready and he needs every snap he can get. And they're not winning the Super Bowl this year anyway, so I don't expect him to look like Jared Goff did last year because Trubisky looked pretty good in the preseason. So, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, I, I think it, his movement will help them execute their offense better.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, why not? You know, he may not be ready, yeah. but wh- why not? Let's just start it up and see and, you know, get with the future now. That's how I kind of look at it. Yeah, I mean, it, it,
1: absolutely, unless he's going to go in there and not know the protections and get killed. You know, I mean – but it sounds like he has a pretty good hold on those, by most accounts. I don't know that for sure. I mean, that's sort of speculation. But then get him in.
0: Yeah, I saw a report that said that they don't—they're not sure if he's completely ready. But all the Glennon turnovers were just bringing down the team. So that, hopefully, they give him a spark, you know, and and he'll figure yeah. it out. He'll get ready. Might as well get ready on the job training. And the thing that coaches always
1: say, too, is the players know who should be the quarterback. You know, like, they're at practice every day. They were in there in the preseason. And if they're looking around saying, why is the better guy on the sidelines? You know, I mean, then that doesn't help morale either.
0: Right. Right, definitely. Talk about the other rookie quarterback. I did a story with FanRag yesterday, kind of a rookie quarterback checkpoint. And, you know, it's funny that the guy who's not playing is probably in the best situation in Mahomes, And the guy who's played the most, Kaiser, is in the most vulnerable situation. Um, are we seeing anything from him? His numbers are not good.
1: No. And they're the worst team in the league. And I'm really disheartened with where they're at as an organization right now. I mean, I I, I watched that Steeler game in week one and thought, there's hope. This team's going in. Yeah, they were competitive. They're going in the right direction. Pittsburgh pretty much had that game in hand from the beginning, but still it was like, okay, they're going to be a respectable team this year. They have all this youth. We'll see a lot of these guys developing together. And they certainly have had their injuries. You know, like right now, Kaiser doesn't really have anyone to throw to. And we haven't seen Garrett, which is a real bummer too. Um, but they're not – competitive right now I mean they just got whitewashed by the Bengals and I think they're clearly the worst team in the league and he's not helping the cause um he got he actually got benched late in that game I'm still a believer um but you know I mean my my Twitter audience keeps asking me so you still want Kaiser over watching <laughs> you know like I sound pretty dumb if I say yes <laughs> after five games you know after four games and what we've seen these last two weeks, but I did like what I saw from him in the preseason and he needs to get the ball out of his hands. And he's abnormally young for an NFL rookie as well and looks it, but his sporting cast, they're not running the ball at all, which makes no sense to me either. I'm just down on the Browns. Yeah. I feel like I
0: should know better, you know, like, Yeah, but the thing about the Browns is that I mean it's all about the future, right? And we we, we talked about 2018, 2019. They could be a really good team. Are we still feeling that, or I mean, is, is the point is that they, they stink? These young guys stink, or it's just going to take a while.
1: That's the thing. I mean, that's what I'm down on them on. I'm not down because they're haven't won a game. I'm down because they're they don't look like they're making progress on the field although I thought their roster was making great progress. You know, like, I, I, you know, I do so much Pittsburgh radio. I, I, I kept telling people, laugh at the Browns all you want, but if Kaiser's a hit, they're going to take over this division in a year or two and you're going to be looking up at them and they're going to be laughing at you. That sounds so far away now. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, like, I, I like these young guys that they brought in and I like their strategy and I know it's a radical one, but they're so bad on the field. Is that Hugh Jackson's fault?
0: I mean, it's only two years, but he's 1-19. in See, that's going to be the talk
1: now. You know, we're getting to hot seat time of the year where should McAdoo be fired? Should the Browns move on? And in a way, I've, I've said for years that that's the worst thing the Browns could do because it finally generate some stability. You have a long-term plan. You know it's going to take a long time. Be patient, you know, and that's what I've said every step of the way. But I can't get over the fact that they're really bad every
0: Sunday. Yeah. And we're going to transition to two teams that are making very fast transitions for the positive and and the influence of a good coach. And the Rams and the Bills, right? The stories of the first quarter. They are.
1: And – I've been on board with the Rams since day one. I've been against the Bills since day one. And, you know, I picked the Rams to beat the Cowboys this week. You know, so uh, I I think the offense is very real. I trust Donald and Phillips to make the uh, defense presentable. And the defense has struggled more than I thought. But the offense, I think, is legit real. And I think McVay is absolutely the right guy for that job and is turning Goff into you know, a, a quality guy that's now in the conversation with Dak and Winston and Wentz and Mariota and those guys. As for the Bills, their defense I believe in, their coach I believe in. I think Taylor's played well. They're not turning the ball over on offense. I don't know how sustainable the offense
0: is, though. Yeah. Um, probably not, but, you know, if they're good on defense and they're well coached, that's a, uh, a big progress, you know? And it, I, this is kind of an ugly look for Rex Ryan that, you know, he leaves and another defensive coach comes in and they just look so much cleaner and just better and just less chaotic, you know?
1: And certainly for Fisher.
0: Yeah. Oh, certainly.
1: And Fisher's yeah, yeah, right. no
0: better, you know. Right.
1: Um, Both those guys because, are there a long
0: time. You know, time. I mean, look at. Rex believed in his defense. It didn't work, but Fisher was a defensive guy who just forgot about the offense and didn't care about the offense and, and didn't do enough to bring in a quality offensive coach. And you know, that's the biggest sin of a head coach is that the other side of the ball that you're not a master of, you got to make sure you got somebody who is. And now the right. Rams do. It's almost like. The Rams' offensive players are cheated the last couple of years. Certainly, golf last year.
1: Absolutely, you know that they, uh, they were very predictable. Um, they had some pieces in place personnel-wise, but they couldn't execute. The coaching was poor. The quarterback was overwhelmed. You know that's that's on the staff, man. I mean, not that golf is free of blame, but you know, I, I can't stand when somebody uses a very early pick on a quarterback. Let alone trading up for one and using a ton of assets to get the guy, and then they don't
0: give him the pieces to succeed. You know, like, what are you right. doing? Yeah. So if you're putting your chip, uh, your rest of the 2017 season on the Rams or the Bills, you're putting it on the Rams, I, I would assume? Yes. Yeah. Easier division, obviously. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's nothing I'm not liking about the Rams. And I don't discount the Wade Phillips presence. And, again, I was just talking about having somebody on the other side. Well, Wade Phillips is a a defensive superstar that that the young gun offensive coach McVay has in his pocket. And I love that hire, and I think it's going to work. And I know the Rams gave up a lot of points last week. But, golly, having Wade Phillips on on your sideline if you make it to the playoffs, in your first playoff as a head coach, what a benefit that
1: is. Yeah, and like you said before, if you're a specialist head coach on one side of the ball, go get a guy and just hand him the defense. Well who's better than Phillips for that? I mean, that's perfect. That's great hiring by McVay. And if you watch some of the stuff preseason, he used that as a chip to get the job. Like, hey, I can get Phillips as my as my defensive coordinator, you know, so hire me. And so it was yeah. great. And I think I don't think either one. I mean, I'm sure Bills Mafia is already hating me because I'm not saying anything good about them. But I don't think either one of those teams are truly a contender. No more
0: than the Texans right now. What's that? No more than the Texans fans right now.
1: True, true. The Chiefs fans have historically hated me because I'm always roughing out Smith too. But I'm saying good things about them. Um, but if I'm thinking big picture, you know, an off season for the Rams that's dedicated to defense would go a really long way. And the bills are clearly exceeding expectations and they have tons of picks. So I mean, imagine what they're like a year from now.
0: I want to wrap up the show with two more topics. And one is uh, the Rams biggest threat in the NFC West and that's Seattle. And it's funny to say that Seattle is the Rams threat should be the other way around. They give you a little uh, hope with those 46 points the other night, but there's some injuries. I mean, Averill's hurt. He's going to be out a while. He's an underrated defense of uh, uh, spark plug. And then the rookie running back Carson's out. Yeah,
1: and they're, I just feel like the running back situation is going to be a revolving door all year. You know, there's going to be Lacey. Is Procise going to come back? You know, I mean, just all those guys are injury-prone. Rawls. um and I question their ability to run the ball as a big picture item for the whole year. Um, but Wilson's playing really well. I think the defense is still really, really strong. Hopefully, these injuries aren't too bad. Um, I think the offensive line probably had their best game, but that's a tough situation. I mean, the Colts on the road in a really difficult place to play, undermanned. You know, they're on their third center who can't even get the ball snapped. <laughs> you know, I mean, like. Uh, I felt bad for Jacoby Brissett. Like, that's a, an unwinnable situation. We'll see on Seattle. I mean, you guys know I'm big on Seattle. Um, but they've kind of done me wrong a little. Like, I thought they'd be better than this. I thought they'd be right at the top of the power ranks. And maybe they'll get back there. I am a believer. But um, we'll see. I mean, there, there's been some ugly things for them so far this year. Yeah. Just looking
0: at Twitter, and I... In your city, Ben Roethlisberger does a radio show, and I guess he uh, said that Antonio Brown created a distraction that nobody really needed in Pittsburgh with the uh, throwing in the Gatorade bottle. It, are, things, are things getting edgy in Pittsburgh?
1: I don't know, because I just did a show yesterday, and everyone was talking the big story was all this Anthem thing and Villanueva has bonded them and they go into Baltimore as a team and beat the dreaded rival. And now they're all, it's all downhill from here. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I can tell you better when I get down to the facility in a couple of hours and see if there is buzz about that. Yeah. You know, Cause there was a big conversation too, about the Brown throwing the Gatorade thing. See that guy's ultra competitive. I mean, he's always the last guy off the field, you know, doing jugs machine, doing more than everybody else. Um, yeah, there's some diva to him, but I have no problem with that. I mean, he was wide open and wanted the ball on a play. They, they put in, you know, or they, they ran a lot in practice and Ben was, I don't blame Roethlisberger in that case. He was under duress and had to, you know, roll to his right. And his eyes went to the right side of the field, but Brown was wide open and he wants the football in that situation. They'd still be running. So, I think that's much ado about nothing. He is somewhat volatile, but but no one thinks he's a bad guy. I mean, and no one questions, you know, like some you know diva wide receivers in the past. He's all about work ethic, so I don't think that's a, a big deal at all.
0: No, I think he's a competitive this guy. Does it once in a while? He just wants to win. You know, that's I want guys who want to win. He he wasn't upset because he didn't get the ball because of his stats. He was upset in that instant because he didn't get the ball because he knew he was going to probably score, you know, and help the team. So I'm okay with that once in a while.
1: Yeah, whenever he's complaining about not getting the ball, it's not because he wants to lead the league in receiving. It's because he believes the team has a better chance to win when he has the ball often. And that's hard to argue. Right. I
0: mean, just for an example, I'm not picking on the guy, but – you know, Raiders punter Mark King has four personal fouls in the last year, and they're all, look at me, baby foul. Yeah, right, right. You can't do that. You're a punter, you know? <laughs> right, right. And he's not making it in these fouls because he could – I could have won this game on this play. He's doing it because he's immature. So that's a problem. What Antonio Brown did, as long as he doesn't do it too often, it's just a guy wanting to win. And
1: it didn't get a penalty. I mean, it just – Uh, upset some people on the sidelines. So what?
0: Right. Is is Ben, I don't know this, maybe I should know this, but is, is he talking, is he being more honest lately? It seems like he's not really worrying about hurting feelings in his comments in the last year or so.
1: Yeah, maybe there's more of that. I mean, true or false, I mean, I think he looks at himself more as a leader now than ever, and I'm not sure... I mean, you remember hes uh, he came into the league in a situation where it wasn't his team. I mean, it was the defensive no. team. It was Bettis' team. There was a lot of big personalities here, as there always is, and it took him a while to kind of become the man. And I'm not saying he's not liked by his teammates, but he's never been voted a team captain. Um, he's had some off-the-field immaturity. He certainly has some look-at-me to him. And he's not playing great, um, so I, I kind of think that people around here take what Ben does with a grain of salt. You know that just just play well on game day. You know we don't really care. You know no one else cares about the rest.
0: This kind of takes us in the direction I think we're going to go. But what's going to be his legacy in Pittsburgh? Is he? I mean, and you know, there's Terry Bradshaw. Is he going to be considered? Is he going to be appreciated as an all-time great stealer? I mean, he's got two Super Bowls. He's been a quarterback for 14 years.
1: Yeah, I think he's the greatest Steeler quarterback of all time. And he could win another. You know, I think he'll probably be around two more years. I think they've got as good a chance as anyone to win the Super Bowl over those two times, those two years. Um, I don't know that he's loved like other Steeler greats. You know, like people probably prefer Heinz Ward, Terry Bradshaw, Jack Lambert. You know what I mean? and there's so many other big personalities it's tough to compete against those guys you know like they they're doing a, they just did a, a Steelers Ring of Honor this year where they put in five guys every year and the competition for that is unbelievable and then that wasn't even the hall of famers all everyone in the hall of fame automatically went in and this year was like Donny Shell and guy LC Greenwood and let alone the Joey Porters of the world and you know all these other great players that are not quite Hall of Famers. I mean, clearly, I think he's a Hall of Famer and respected and has a great legacy here. And I think he's better than Bradshaw. Um, but I don't know that he's loved at the Joe Green level, for sure. Right. Terry
0: Bradshaw will always probably be the... Steelers fans, it's quarterback. Than your yeah, yeah. Although him and Noel hated each
1: other, and I don't know if they hate each other, but he doesn't. He, there was a big stretch there that Brad Bradshaw said nothing good about Pittsburgh or the Steelers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's close the show out. We've given a little kudos to the New York Jets, I and mean, we both—I think we both said, "Hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they're zero 16 And yeah. now they're tied with New England. They're two and two.
1: That's the craziest thing that has come out of our mouth after four weeks of play, considering where we were with both those teams. You know, like when I did power ranks, they're always always really hard. But in the preseason, the one spot and the 32 spot were very easy to fill in. And now those teams are tied in the division, and I can't believe it. Miami's a train wreck, and they beat Miami. Um But they're better than I thought, like the Bills. I mean, I thought the Bills would be a bottom-feeding team. I thought the Jets would be the bottom-feeding team, and they're more respectable than that. And they may only win three or four games all year. I don't think that would shock anybody, but the defense is pretty good. You know, I'm I'm writing a column right now about the the best rookies in the league, and Jamal Adams is going to be right at the top of the list. I mean, he's a great player. Um, And the offense isn't as awful as I thought. I, mean, I guess that's a compliment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it to the coaching staff because yeah, that roster is pretty miserable. Yeah, I mean, I think we yeah. all looked at the Jets
1: and said, "Boy, they're going to be one and fifteen, and Todd Bowles will get fired."
0: Well, you better
1: rethink that. I mean, he's doing a good job.
0: If he gets to five wins, and, and that's just what three and ten the rest of the way, or, or excuse me, three and nine the rest of the way, he better not get fired. Not for what the
1: hand they were dealt him. I mean, he maximized, I think, the talent. I mean, maybe if the last two months of the season they lose by 20 every game and just get blown out, and that leaves a bad taste in your mouth you move on. But so far, he's way exceeding expectations.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool, man. Hey, great show. Good stuff. We're really in the meat of the season. It's a lot of fun. Um, We will talk next Tuesday, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Relation NFL Podcast with matt and bill williamson matt have a great week man you too bud this was fun step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chompa test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday